You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. It's about them co-opting the darkness, which is not inherently evil. Instead of using the darkness uh, for the life-giving purpose for which it's intended, they instead use it to hide and continue doing harm. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 362, and our title this week is Transparency and the Vilification of Darkness. Before we begin this week, I just have to tell you about uh, just a wonderful experience I had today. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, Deneen Aker's book, Holy Troublemaker. Is actually a children's book that features various holy troublemakers throughout history. And uh, uh, she did a, a, a Instagram live today with myself and with a, a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, I believe, up in Chicago, uh, Tracy Smith. And it was on uh, Easter, which is coming up, uh, the Easter story, and 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 ways to tell the to share the Easter story with children uh, that that don't uh, interpret the Jesus story in 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 uh, ways that are substitutionary or violent or or satisfaction oriented um, just a way to tell the Easter story without appealing to penal substitutionary atonement and uh, it was it was phenomenal it, it was broken into two parts the first half part one is Deneen interviewing me part two is Deneen interviewing Tracy and uh, uh, if you get a chance take in both parts I think you'll be uh, you, you'll just enjoy them both it's a great discussion and one that that, that we need to be having. This week's reading is from the Gospel of John. It's John 3, 14 through 21. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that God gave God's one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have ever eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever uh, does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And again, that's John 3, 14 through 21. The phrase in this passage that speaks most to me right now is verse 20. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. This, pas- this passage 
or the portion of the passage, it speaks to us of transparency versus hiding. And let's unpack that a bit uh, with an example from current events. U.S. President Biden recently released an, an unclassified version of the National Intelligence Report on the 2018 uh, killing of Jamal Khashoggi, who was a, a Washington Post journalist. The report finds Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, approved of Khashoggi's killing. And by contrast, the previous administration had refused to release this report. In the language of, of our passage this week, they refused to let the report come to light because the deeds that it exposed were deeply evil. Bob Woodward reports in his book Rage that Trump even bragged about protecting the Saudi prince. I saved his ass, Trump told Woodward. And while many in the U.S. were calling for justice after uh, Khashoggi's murder, Trump continued, I was able to get Congress to leave him alone. I was able to get them to stop. This week's passage uh, from John's Gospel is talking about this kind of dynamic of transparency versus hiding. This passage also includes language that we need to mention this has been interpreted uh, to blame deeply anti-Semitic interpretations that blame Jewish people for Jesus's death. And I reject this anti-Semitic interpretation. What the Jesus narrative does demonstrate is a universal dynamic of classism. The elite in Jesus' society were the ones that were threatened by his teachings. And while most of the people loved Jesus' gospel to the poor, uh, the oppressed and the marginalized, the elite did not. In Luke's version of the Jesus story, we find in, in Luke 2019, when the scribes and the chief priests realized that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to lay hands on him at that very hour, but they feared the people. The people loved uh, uh, Jesus. It's in much the same way that uh, Miguel de la Torre writes uh, about liberation theology in his book, Liberation Theology for Armchair Theologians. He writes this in the introduction. I'm amazed at the misinformation surrounding liberation theology. Why is this theological perspective deemed so dangerous? Why have governments, including that of the United States committed so many resources to bring about its obliteration. Liberation theology is so dangerous because it disrupts a religious and political worldview that supports social structures that privilege the few at the expense of the many. Ignorance of the causes of oppression is crucial to maintain this worldview. Catch that. Ignorance. It's it's the hiding of it. Hiding in the shadows. But as the consciousness of the oppressed begins to be raised, as they begin to see with their own eyes that their repressive conditions are contrary to the will of God, the power and privilege of the few who benefit from the status quo is threatened. This is that same dynamic of, of light coming into the world and, and, and uh, people rejecting that light for fear of exposure. In Jesus' society, remember, it wasn't the people in general who rejected light for fear of being exposed. It was certain people, it was the elites, those in positions of power and and privilege who loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil, the text says. In my home state of West Virginia, we are now in the midst of a 2021 legislative session, and the Republican Party won a supermajority in both houses of the West Virginia legislature in the last, last November's election. And now we're seeing an alarming trend developing. 
uh, over half a dozen bills are moving through the halls of, of, of legislature right now that are either removing all requirements for public disclosure of meetings and information, or they make agency information private or not subject to the Freedom of Information Act. This is that hiding at work again. This lack of transparency, that's not how government that claims to derive its power from the consent of those it represents uh, should work. Government should be transparent. Everyone should be able to know what is being done and be able to keep those who represent them uh, accountable. It makes one wonder, what is it that's being hidden? What's being kept out of, of the light of public consciousness? And I also want to offer a word of caution here regarding this phrase in our past about loving darkness. The vilification of darkness in the Gospels is deeply problematic today. However innocent the original intent may have been of the Gospel authors, equating darkness with evil has been a deep part of white supremacism. White supremacists have used biblical passages to equate whiteness with goodness and superiority and blackness with evil or inferiority. And equating blackness with evil is how colonialists imagined God and holiness as white and therefore black and brown people as something else. And this seed has borne deeply harmful and destructive fruit in the lives of all who are not white. In different ways, it's also damaged white people. One can't advance supremacism and be unscathed. I've noticed that the Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney, she uses the language of gloom and shadow instead of darkness. And after all, there's nothing inherently evil about darkness. And we need the balance of both light and darkness in our lives for health. The darkness of the womb, remember, is where we were all given life. Darkness is where we rest and where we heal. And some forms of life can only grow in darkness. And again, it's about balance, both light and darkness in a sort of dance, so to speak, with, with neither overcoming the other. We can speak of the goodness of the light without vilifying the darkness. Darkness calls us, remember, to the goodness of rest, to the goodness of recovery, and light calls us to, to wake up and, and to get to work, and, and we need both of these. And for more on this, I want to recommend Reverend Dr. Gaffney's. I'm going to put links to these in the East site this week, but uh, you can Google her article, Embracing the Light and the Darkness in the Age of Black Lives Matter and Dark and Light, Will Gaffney on White Supremacy in Biblical Interpretation. What the passage from John that we're looking at this week describes is the desire to avoid the light of justice for fear of harmful actions towards others being exposed, actions that, that benefit some at the expense of others. In the passage, we read about some who, who chose to hide in the shadows for, for fear of being discovered and maybe being held accountable, but, but, but most definitely being stopped. And it's about them 
co-opting the darkness, which is not inherently evil. Instead of using the darkness uh, for the life-giving purpose for which it's intended, they instead use it to hide and continue doing harm. One can use both light and darkness to destroy life. And that's what we're seeing uh, uh, being done in in, in this passage uh, with darkness. Darkness is being removed from its life-giving purpose and used for something uh, else. A just society requires accountability. And accountability requires investigation. Those who have something to lose deeply fear investigation. Keep the tax returns hidden, they might say. Or or don't set up a committee to investigate January 6th. Or if you do, then broaden that investigation scope so large that it will dilute its power, its power of discovery, and and make it more likely that some things will stay hidden. Or don't release investigative reports, or at least don't make them public. Watch for where you see those in positions of power and privilege seeking to keep their actions out of public consciousness in these ways. In the Jesus story, Jesus emerged as a Galilean prophet of the poor, calling for for life-giving changes within his own society. He called for the redistribution of wealth, the inclusion of the marginalized, the politics of compassion and, and protective justice towards those most vulnerable to being harmed by the the then-present system. For this reason, the powerful who were benefiting from the harm being done to others, they tried to hide. And after all, when public consciousness is raised, change isn't very far behind. And change is what those benefiting from the status quo most desperately want to stop. In John's story, the powerful elite they succeed. Jesus is silenced through execution. And those with, with too much to lose, they interrupted Jesus' salvific work with a Roman cross, murdering him for earthly and political reasons, not cosmic theological ones. And as we near the, the season of, of celebrating the resurrection across Christendom, uh, we'll discuss this later. Remember, the story, the good news of the story is not that someone was killed. The good news is that the one whom they killed has been brought to life. For now, watch where you see hiding and and obfuscation. Don't allow the shadows to be used for harm. Call for transparency and affirm and support transparency wherever you see it being practiced. Heart group application. uh, This week, again, we are continuing. I know some churches are opening up, but we are continuing to ask all of our heart groups to continue not meeting together physically at this time. Uh, You can stay virtually connected. When you go out, uh, unless you've been vaccinated, please remember to keep wearing your mask, keeping a six-foot distance with others, uh, continuing to wash your hands. We're in transition now, and things are getting better, but we're not in the clear uh, yet. And this is a time, remember, to practice the the mutual aid and free resource sharing that we find in the Gospels. So number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, share with the group a story from your own experience that teaches the value of 
transparency, either within secular society or your faith community. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.